Hey, good day, everybody. This is Scott, your host of Cue the Smoke with my co-host, Tom, out of the UK. Hey, Tam, Tom, how you doing? Good, thanks, you. I, I apologize. I'm working on about four hours sleep. So if I start slurring words or making mistakes, we'll just kind of figure out how to do it. And today's special <laughs> guest is Bobby Edwards. A lot of you know him as our goalkeeper for Indy 11, who is now a retired professional goalkeeper and has taken kind of taken the reins of the DA program, which is pretty awesome. Assistant goalkeeper coach at Indy 11 and also running the goalkeeper training up at Sojility. Did I miss anything, Bobby? Uh, no, I, I think that you've got it better explained than I could ever. So well done. <laughs> and then a bazillion other things that go on and everything <laughs> in between ODP and everything else. But, um, you know, I, I thank you for coming on the show. I've always wanted to have players, coaches, whatever. And, I understand time constraints on people. And then now this is probably pretty good because in about three weeks, things are going to get crazy in a hurry for everybody at every level of soccer. So welcome to the show, Bobby. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's, it's great to be here with you guys. And absolutely. Our pleasure. For those who don't know Bobby Edwards, like some of us know Bobby Edwards, give, a, give us a little bit, 30 seconds of where you came from, where you played and some of the highlights of your career. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, well, I'm Bobby. Uh, I'm a goalkeeper. I'm now officially retired, uh, was most recently at Indy 11, but I grew up in New Jersey. Um, just was always a goalkeeper. Uh, come from a heritage of goalkeepers, my father, my uncle, my cousin, all, all goalkeeping. So it was just kind of my blood. I uh, went to high school at St. Benedict's Prep in Newark, New Jersey, which is where I kind of really started to take off in my career. Uh, it's a really special school and a school that I kind of attribute to uh, a lot of who I am, who I am today, kind of the values and the core principles I abide by. Um, and then from there, the journey just got crazy real fast, uh, kind of went all over the place. Um, went to school uh, originally at St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia, uh, then which I transferred to Monmouth back in Jersey. Uh, and then I did the fifth year to start my master's uh, at a small B1 called Mount St. Mary's in Emmitsburg, Maryland. So I was bouncing around there. And then the bounce continued on to my professional career. I uh, started my professional career over in Northern Ireland with a wonderful club called Porterdown FC, uh, in which we won the league that year and got promoted to the first division. Um, pretty much was the best thing I could ask for. I learned a lot about not only the sport and the position, about a wonderful country and wonderful people. Uh, and then from there, came back stateside to FC Cincinnati in the MLS. I spent a year there, which was a wonderful experience. And then most recently, finished up at Indy 11 last year, uh, which has become my home. Uh, I love it here. Uh, and then had intentions to continue playing this year, uh, but then was offered a position. And then knowing kind of my body was aging uh, and that I was going to be looking at retirement uh, within the next year or two, um, I had an opportunity to now come on full time as the director of goalkeeping for the MLS Academy and for Sigility and um, for all these things in between. And I couldn't be happy about it. It's been one of the most wonderful things to happen to me. And I'm so grateful to still be able to be here full time in this wonderful place that I call home. Well, we're glad to have you just based on, and I don't know if you know it, Tom, but there's a lot of local stories about Bobby in the community um, where he's embraced families. And it's just pretty much the embodiment of what we, you know, what we kind of, we've been spoiled with the Indy 11 as a whole. Um, the way that they interact with our community. So it hasn't gone unnoticed, trust me. <clears throat> uh, what's really interesting is people hear retirement and you're 26. Um, people who don't know the sport, goalkeepers take a pounding. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> physically, mentally too, uh, but physically probably more than field players do. And you'll see people like Ayose running around at 37, having a good old time. And rarely do you see a keeper at 37 smiling. They're usually limping or, or hobbling or, or something going on. And it sounds like the cards just fell correctly with everything that kind of ha- happened here locally in the keeper community. It was just kind of like everything just started to transpire. And when I saw the news that you retire, it, it's, you know, I texted you. It shocked me. I was like, what? But I understand it. Um, and good for you. Congratulations. I, I think you'll do well here. I think um, I know Tim's excited to get up and see you after this tournament's over with, get you get back into the groove of Saturday mornings. Um what so you, you're going to make into your home for the time being obviously mm-hmm. um what are your expectations for the team this year what do you see um i've got wonderful expectations um you know kind of i'm sure everybody at the start of every year says yeah we're gonna we want to win a championship and that's great and every team should do that but this is something that i genuinely feel and believe of what we have going on here is a caliber uh, a championship caliber team uh the staff have been Phenomenal. Uh, you know, that was one of the things that was the most concerned to me about like taking this position was I wanted to be around Mark and the staff because I thought I had so much to learn from them. Um, and then when they were like, no, no, we want you on board here as well. Uh, it was just kind of the icing on the cake because then I fully committed with, you know, no hesitation. Um, he is a wonderful head coach. Uh, and to, to be quite honest, I'm learning so much from him and the way that he uh, operates as both a, a leader, as a mentor, as a guide for all of these, you know, men. Um, and then the ability to better understand the game. Uh, you know, that's one thing that I think a coach has such an important part is to be able to give information that can be complex and explain it in simple ways. And he does that remarkably well. Um, he boils it down to, to core principles. Uh, and that's something that I've been trying to learn and implement into my own coaching game now that that's kind of my prime focus. Um, but the expectations for the team are, are to be a winning team. We want to, if anything, uh, if we fall short of winning a championship this year, the season uh, did not live up to our expectations. Uh, we have that approach. Um, but that being said, uh, we are focused on each and every game, right? I mean, it's built one game at a time. There's no more important game than the one coming up. So, uh, it's going to be a long season, but I'm very excited for what should be a great season. Hey, Tom, do you do you hear a very common theme with everybody we've talked to? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think. I mean, Mark, we've go ahead. Yeah, we've spoke about it as fans, like what what to kind of expect or, or what we hope for this season, and we we've literally said just as long as we get the playoffs, really, we'd be happy. But I mean, the people with inside the organization. The players and the coaches are talking about a championship, which makes us even more excited than I was before about this season. So, yeah. Yeah, we did have Mark on the roundtable. And, and, you know, even we had who we, we had probably 15, 20 people on Bobby. And just when he started talking, it was yeah. like he grasped everybody's attention immediately. Yep. And everybody is bought in. We everybody yep. was like, yes, finally. You know, and he said something to the point, he goes, three points is great. And we'll always take three points, but I don't want to win three, two. I want to win four, nothing. And I'm like that mentality, that attacking mentality, that constantly, you know, the constant motion and then looking at the off season moves and the players and what was brought back and what was brought in. And it's just kind of like, okay, 
like Trey was saying, young, uh, hungry, very talented squad. Um, I, I, I'm excited. Yeah, plus, and, plus Andy got to stay too, so that's always cool. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't yeah. go wrong with Swifty either. So, yeah. and you, you know, you're, you're. I mean, and obviously, you're the complement to that. So that's, you know, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's been really wonderful, and that was one of the things that I was most excited too. Is I owe I owe Swifty so much uh, more than I could ever repay, both as a, a coach, as a mentor, and more importantly, as a friend. Um, he is somebody through a season with immense highs and lows last year. Uh, I felt that mentally and physically, and he was there as somebody who, when I was going through those lows, I knew valued me as the person and not just the goalkeeper. Uh, and for that, I am so grateful, and I am so fortunate to call Swifty one of my closest friends. Uh, and I'm really excited to be able to now work with him uh, and to continue to learn from him. He's he's a special guy. I mean, he, he he really is, and we're fortunate to have him. Tim loves him, you know, and it's kind of how between him and Trey, this is how all this mess, and I'll call it a mess, this podcast started, the photography started. It was all just kind of like all kind of Swifties doing in the background, pushing and pointing me in the right direction, saying, email this person, get a hold of Colluder, Trey, talk to this guy. It was just, right. you know, and, and he really does exemplify, and you know, and he can still move for being in his 40s, man. I've seen him yeah. jump up and grab a couple of balls. I'm like, for how did sure. that happen? <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so, you know, your expectations, I think everybody's expectations are, are pretty much right along that par. But like Tom said, I think just the fans just want to see us in the playoffs. We get in the playoffs sure. and we can start eating from there. I, right. Um, looking at some of the preseason games, we, we didn't get to watch them all, but looking at some of the recaps, it looks like the attitude's right. The, 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 you're finding, the guys are finding the back of the net. And last year it was just like, and, and you saw it because you were there and it was just like some of the opportunities that we just squandered yeah. away. It was just like, <laughs> yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. How did it happen? You know, and, and, and I get it. It's just like any other sport. You see stuff and you go, yeah, that's just not going to be their game. I, I saw right. it this weekend in Memphis. A couple of things happened. Right. And I'm like, this isn't, we came in second and I was super proud of the boys, but it was just like one game. I'm like, yeah, this game was over before halftime right. because things were just falling weird. Stuff was just, ha you know, you just can't explain. You just look up at the soccer guys and go, well, if that's what it's going to be. Yeah. So, it's so a cruel be, game. It, it is. It, it is a cruel. It is a cruel game. I somebody asked me once. He goes, "What is being a, a goalkeeper, Dad?" Like, and I'm like, "Imagine going to see your ex-wife 365 days. <laughs> the emotions are up and down, up and down, up and down." And they say, "Really?" And I'm like, I, "I've told people. I've had my Apple Watch tell me if I finished a workout. Yep. Just by yep. watching Tim, not even moving. Yep. Because, and, and you know it, Bobby, as well as anybody. You're in the thick of it." You know, yeah, and, 100%. And, and, and it takes a, it takes a different person to stand there and to do what you guys do. I mean, yeah. I know we're glad to have you. I, I, I'm overjoyed. Yeah. I mean, it, you, you hit the nail on the head. The, the position is one that I love, but at times you can definitely hate it. Uh, it's a treacherous one and it's one of constant uh, success and failure. You're, you're on a tightrope and um, it can really feel that way. Uh, and so I've learned a lot throughout my career. And that's kind of the things that I build my coaching philosophies on. Uh, and most importantly, especially working with the youth, it's to make sure that it's always a fun, competitive environment, but one of positive growth mindset. Uh, because what I was really fortunate was uh, my parents were the best 
supportive parents of me. Uh, they never forced me to do anything and they were always there. I never felt like I had to play well. Um, and for that, I, I, I've told them as I've gotten older how much that meant to me because as you get older and older and as you go up the ranks and higher, higher, the, the natural pressures of the game just get higher and higher. I mean, it, you can't escape that. Um, so if you have that combined with additional outside pressure from the ones that you love and you trust, then there's just no way besides that you're going to crumble at some point. Um, so I'm a big believer in that kind of positive mindset and always valuing the person, making sure that I'm, I want to make sure all the goalkeepers I work with know that I value them as people, not just as goalkeepers. Um, because I think that as soon as you enter into that idea of I'm not just playing for this position, I'm playing for my identity and for my self-worth, you are on a very fast track to a not good place. And it's only a matter of time before you crumble or burn out or just becomes too much and you have to walk away. So that's kind of been my base philosophy as I kind of progress into this coaching world full time. That, that speaks volumes because last year at the faith and family night, when Sean and, you know, Jordan, and I think there was Jordan, Jeremiah, Jared, they all had, they all said the same thing you just said. Being a soccer player is not my identity. That's not who I am. Because when you do that, you set yourself up for massive, massive failure. Uh, and, And that's, you know, so important for the youth and even, you know, teenagers or whatever to understand that soccer doesn't define you. Being a keeper doesn't define you. Yes, those are the things that you love to do, but do not let it consume you. And, and I will be the first one to raise my hand and admit as a parent, I was the guy that always sit down with Tim after the game and say, this is what I saw. This is what we need to clean up. This is what I felt you did wrong, blah, 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 blah. But what I have learned as he plays more, I don't have to say anything after a game. I just say, Tim, I just love watching you play, dude. I mean, you do some stuff that if I could turn the clock back 45 years, I'd love to be able to fly around like you guys do. <laughs> but I just love watching him play and I don't even have to say anything. He'll come off the pitch and say, dad, this is what I need to clean up. And it's just like, okay, me and mom still love you, bud. You're still our son. You're still our number one keeper. And regardless of the turnout of the game, and we just love watching you play this game because we see the smile on his face when he plays and how much he enjoys it. And it's not, it's not a task to him. It's like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's go have some fun. And and, and I think that's huge. Yeah. And, and yeah. you, you have sent Tim some pretty cool messages because you're folks, I'm telling you, he walks the walk and he talks the talk based on what I've seen personally, that it is very important about the whole human concept and just go yeah. have fun, touch the ball and have fun, especially at this, at yeah. the ages they're at. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I, when I look back into my career and I, I can very clearly see a correlation between times that I'm playing the worst or I feel like I'm just not able to find my rhythm. It's always the times where I wasn't having fun or if this felt like a job and not something I was enjoying doing. Uh, and that's not a coincidence, right? It's just one of those things that if you're not having fun or enjoying it, you can't do it to the best of your ability. Um, and that's why, I, especially last year, because you guys know as supporters of the club, it was a difficult year. And it was one where I felt it emotionally a lot. And that's where I, again, accredit Swifty so much because he was there for me every step of the way in person making sure that mentally I was still like with it and still on a positive note. And it's easy as a goalkeeper to very quickly spiral into a negative place. And he was somebody who was just huge for me and being able to keep me in that positive mindset. So I, I give him so much credit. I was really blessed and, to have him. And, and let's talk about that as a goalkeeper. Cause 
and, and this is what I find so interesting because you've said it. I, you know, I talk about it all the time. We have family discussions about it. Tim gets it, you know, when, and I think somebody, I think Eric Briggs said it best. Eric Briggs sent me this big document on all this goalkeeping stuff. And it was pretty cool reading some of it. And he goes, just remember, you can go out on the pitch and your team can win one, nothing. And you had 10 miraculous saves and nobody comes to the goalkeeper and pats him on the back. The same game, you can lose one zero with the same 10 miraculous saves. And guess what? It's all your fault. And, and yeah. the mental aspect of that is, is, yeah, it can wear on you and, and you need to have that support in place. Um, we won't rehash last year. You know what I'm talking about? Andy came right out to you immediately. And obviously it, it was, you know, that thing. So a hundred percent. And that's just how it goes. And so having that good support system between the staff is imperative, but then also like, again, the parents, I mean, that's one thing that I'm big on too here in the Academy is making sure because sometimes, and that's actually more often the times parents have these really great intentions, all good intentions. They want their kid to do well. They want them to succeed. And these are all good things, but they go about it in the wrong way. Right. Where it's then all of a sudden you're adding this extra pressure where all the kid needs to, all your child needs to hear when they come up to you is, I love you. Right. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's one thing where if I have a bad game or if I have a great game, the first person is still going to always be my parent. Those, gotcha. that's who I call. And, and that's so important to me because the idea of if I had a bad game and I would be like afraid to call my parents, it's so crazy to me that, that I'm just so that's fortunate crazy. to have that relationship, but to yeah. then also make sure I'm, you know, educating the parents of the youth academy players too, because, you know, they're all great. Don't get me wrong. There's no negative parents, but making sure they understand that we want to help, but we need to make sure we're doing it in the right way. Yeah. And my guilty thing is I get behind the camera and that's my therapy. It keeps my mouth shut. It keeps me just focusing on the game and watching him. And, and, and yeah, and it's helped me. And you're, you're a thousand percent correct because I never, ever want to be in a situation where my son regardless of life sport whatever can't pick up the phone or can't come to me and talk for fear of whatever and, right. and i think sports is a great way for families to to kind of understand how that relationship works and, and you are right you know i used to be the dad oh son what are you doing i mean it was just so blatantly obvious and then my wife's like honey he's only 11 and his mind is right. doing one thing and his body's going the different way and and now that i see him progressing and growing it's now it's just like dude i just love watching you play soccer dude and right 100 he, he, he fixes he knows what he needs to fix i don't need to tell right. him i mean why right. he doesn't need to hear it either i mean from that perspective and, and, and it doesn't change as you get older, as you get more professional, whatever the case may be. Just to tell you, Bobby, real quick, you know, he does chores around the house and he's saving his money because he's paying for his Indy 11 tryout when it comes. When he's old <laughs> enough. I love that. <laughs> he told me that a couple of years ago. I'm like, dude, really? He goes, dad, I got to save my money. What for? He said, I'm trying out for Indy 11. If I don't, if I don't end up in MLS first, that's, that's right. his little asterisk. To the side. Right. Little, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> so nothing else. Good. Tom, you're awful quiet, Tom. I'm sorry. Oh, it's all right. Just listening, yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you, what do you think about – did you watch the Chelsea game, Bobby? Uh, I saw the highlights. Unfortunately, I can't watch many soccer games live as I coach much, but I did see the highlights, yeah. What is the mentality, if you even know, of pulling Mendy under a penalty kick <sighs> situation? I, I'm still scratching my head trying to figure that one out. Yeah, well, I think I think it's a tough one. I mean, because leading up into that, I think he had had some really stellar uh, 
like penalty situations where he had made some good saves um, leading up to it. So it's like that. It's one of those decisions where if it goes right, then you're a genius. But if it goes wrong, you're an idiot. Um, you know, and I, I obviously it's, it's so easy for, for myself and us to look back and be like, look, Mandy was having such a game. Why wouldn't you just kept him in? But then again, we would be like, oh, what a genius decision to make it. If, you know, Peppa makes yeah. the save. Um, it's a risk. It's a gamble. It's one of those things in coaching where you're going to take a gamble and see if it pays off and it doesn't. And they have to eat it. You know, I mean, it's, it's that simple. Um, but I think the rationale behind it was that he had these series of really, you know, well performance in shootouts and penalties. And, you know, this is one of those things. So penalties more than anything are, are, uh, are a, a mind game. Right. right. It's, it's, yeah. it's all mental. So that's another trick. Oh, now the other team is swapping out the creeper. Uh Oh, they got this ace up their sleeve. Yeah. But it's a, it's, it's a mental flat. game. Yeah. It's a head game right. up to that point. Yeah. So speaking of keepers, we signed two more. We're three mm-hmm. deep now. Yeah. Do, do we know who the one is yet or are they still working through that? I think if you can't tell me it's fine, Bobby, we get it. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I, I don't know if I could, and I don't know. I can't tell you either way because I don't know. Um, you know, I think that's a higher up command. But what I will say is that, in my personal opinion, um, there's really no wrong choice. I think they've all been great. I know that Tor is on loan to Chattanooga, so I think we almost did a little flip flop. Tim came from Chattanooga, uh, which can be really great from Tor because all of the keepers are brilliant. Um, Tor is going to get a really good situation where he's going to be playing competitive games. I think. Looking back, especially on my career, that's one aspect that is so imperative for a keeper is that they have to be playing. Um, you can't go like two, three seasons in a row without seeing, you know, regular games because you just become a training keeper at that point, right? You can train, and that's a big belief of us in the staff for Swifty and I is that games should be realistic. I mean, training should be realistic in terms of lives, but you still can't replicate it to the full effect. So you have to be playing games. Say uh, that between- louder for the people in the back. <laughs> yeah, I got actually, you know, yeah, yeah, you got to play. Um, I think that, you know, with the ones that are in the city and the club right now uh, between uh, Tim and Elliot, I mean, both of them brilliant keepers, both of them high pedigree, um, you know, so I think that they're going to have a great competitive um, mentality with each other, but one that is uh, harbored in good culture, uh, harbored in positivity. And that's something that is often overlooked, um, but is so crucial to any team's success is that having that positive, competitive goalkeeping culture, um, as soon as it goes, I'm competing with you, we're not friends, I'm trying to be better than you, I want you to fail, uh, things go bad for both goalkeepers fast. Uh, and that's something that, again, not to sound like a broken record, credit to Swifty, because Swifty kind of vets not only their goalkeeper ability when it accepts on the field, but who they are as people. Um, you know, last year it was so great working with Jordan because Jordan and I were best friends. We still are. And I still okay. talk to him all the time. He's somebody that I am so grateful who has been in my life. Uh, and that at no time was I ever rooting against Jordan, right? Like we both competitive, right. we both want to play. Of course, Jordan gets the nod. I'm supporting him, right? I, I'm doing whatever I can to be the best, you know, support oh, we saw for it. him. We saw it too. And, yeah. um, and that's a special relationship. And then when it flip-flopped and when I was playing, Jordan was the same, you know? So it's one of those where that gets the most productive, you know, creative and, and, and beneficial culture uh, for a goalkeeper dynamic, as opposed to this competitive negative mindset. So, uh, that's been a big thing. And I'm, from what I've seen so far, I believe we've hit it again. You know, I, I see the keepers pushing each other in these sessions here, um, competing with each other, but always being positive and always supporting each other. So I'm really excited about it. 
Yeah, we were kind of bummed out when we went and saw Jordan yeah. Tim and I, and it was, he kind of told us before it was announced, and we both were like, what? And he's like, yeah, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and then when he did yeah. come back, before I think before you had gone to committed to Sogility, when you were still mm-hmm. with the club as a keeper, Jordan had him up there for Saturday keeper training, and I'm like, right. oh, maybe Jordan's coming back. Maybe right. Jordan yeah. and Bobby are coming back. Maybe the rumor, we start this rumor, bell and maybe yeah. it will kind of transpire. Then I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding. But yeah. I am so happy where he went to he, what he did during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, I was actually shocked. He wasn't snatched a minute in the 11 didn't renew. I, for sure. It blew me away that he sat as long as he did, but where I'm happy for him and Allie. Good for them. God bless them. They'll do well. And San Antonio has a gift and yep. they need to understand that he's a gift and he's only on loan because someday he's got to come back here, but you're right, right. to watch you two during the season. I did notice the chemistry was there and it was never a, why is he starting? And I'm not starting. And there was no, of course, there's always competition and training. And I get that in practice, but it wasn't, I hope you stink so I can take your job. It was healthy competition, which only elevates you and elevates Jordan. And and if you're saying you see that now with the keepers we have, that's, that's going to be a beautiful thing and let them know they better get used to me with the camera up in their face (laughs) as much as I can be. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those where, um, you know, just kind of circle back, connect things. This position is a lonely one at times and it can really feel that way. Um, and the only other people on this team that understand the treacherous kind of path that this is on, that's this line of success and failure is your other keepers, the ones that also walk and talk it. Uh, so making sure that you have that connection, right? Like whenever we might slip and fall in the game, right? If I made a mistake or if Jordan made a mistake, the first one always there to back them up was each other because we know what it's like. We know that lonely road. So we are always there for each other. And that's something that's so crucial in any kind of goalkeeping union uh, to have. Uh, so again, Swifty, credit Swifty. GK union, it's strong. That's it. Yeah, but you're right. And that that's something that I think everybody really needs to hear that, yeah, the only person who can really understand what you go through is another keeper. Your field players, your de- you know, your backs can come up and pat you on the back, but they just don't, it's a... It, it's a different mental game it is yeah um yeah it, and you are correct your biggest supporters need to be your teammates that play the same position granted yeah. the 11 the 10 guys in front of you need to support you and that's great but the, the mentality and understanding the ups and the downs how, how do you cope i mean when it's not soccer how do you cope what do you do on your part your spare time quote unquote whatever spare time you may have what does bobby do? what does bobby do in the community is he just out relaxing just <laughs> well yeah well nowadays distributing I, I gloves have... and jerseys to everybody yeah. no, i'm just kidding but I, yeah i i i don't tend to have much more free time anymore but I, you know i really enjoy it but you know back especially when i was playing and i did have a bit more free time i'm really big into i don't know I, I really worked a lot especially in the last two years on kind of when i leave training like that's me leaving soccer for the day right i'm gonna go do something else i don't want to let my mind kind of race on it but then i also had this kind of, I don't want to say identity crisis, but especially once I got to Cincinnati and I kind of had really established myself, this is my life, right? I'm a, I play soccer, this is my career, this is what I do for a living. Um, that was what I had always wanted to do my entire life. I'd always spent my entire life kind of grinding for that moment, you know, this big, you know, treacherous mountain. I finally made it to the top. Uh, and then when I did, it was cool for like a month. So then I was <laughs> like, okay, like, what now? 
Um, and then I kind of, I don't wanna, again, identity crisis isn't the right word, but I'm just trying to feel like what else is there? Uh, and that's kind of where I really kind of had this, you know, self-reflection of being a good person, right? These ideas of who I am as a goalkeeper don't really matter, right? Like at the end of the day, what I'm remembered for, I don't want to be remembered as just a good goalkeeper. That doesn't matter. Uh, it's being remembered for a good person. And a big piece of that, uh, that spurred me into that kind of, um, you know, idea was, uh, is a family called the Cordres. Uh, they're from Cincinnati. And the Cordres, uh, you might be familiar with them because I post about them a lot. Uh, the Cordres are one of the most wonderful families I've ever met in my life. Uh, but they dealt with um, what can only be described as the worst thing that can happen to a family is that they lost their son um, to a brain aneurysm. And he was an aspiring goalkeeper. He played at, um, you know, he was a varsity starter as, as a, a freshman, sophomore. Uh, and he also was a wonderful person. Uh, and with that, he was actually a registered organ donor. Uh, and when he passed, because he was that, he went on to save the lives of seven or eight others and then go on to help a uh, hundred others with um, tissue donation. Incredible. Uh, and for me, that was the moment of when I kind of got in touch with them originally, because I met them in Cincinnati and I grew really close with them. It was this kind of internal moment for me of like, what is this soccer thing I do? It doesn't matter. Like, this is just this kind of stupid. Look at this. Like, you know, the, there's this young kid who had all this life ahead of him is taken short. Why do I care so much about soccer? Uh, and so then that became a big piece of my life. Uh, so the Cordrays are somebody I, the people I, I'm talking to all the time. I have Nick's picture up in my locker. That's his son, Nick. Uh, and then I do a lot of work. Uh, I'm a big uh, proponent in Donate Life. So I've done a lot of work with them over the last year. And that's another really exciting thing is that I get to stay here more full time. Uh, I continue to do, I'm going to do a lot more work with them this year. And I'm trying to get them engaged to be awesome. able to, have a couple of events at games because I think there's a lot of potential with that. But um, that's been a big piece of me that has fueled more of my, you know, inner who I am battle than soccer ever had. So I oh. kind of really focus more on that now. That's awesome. I know my wife and I are both donors, so that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much a no-brainer because yeah, I ain't taking it with me. I mean, so right, yeah, and and that's the rationale. And and you'd be surprised still just how how few people are actually organ donors. So it's one of those things that I've. Uh, Whatever I can do to help that cause, I, I really try to do it. I don't know what parts of me they'd want, but hey, they're available. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. No, but yeah, it's, I know, because I saw it, I think it was on Wish TV, they did that, huh? They did that, they did that special with you and that Quadre, is that the name, the Quadre family? The, the Quadres, yeah. Quadres, okay, I'm sorry. I mean, me, no, my no, last no. name, Pachoric, and I can't say Quadre, yeah. but anyway. Don't worry, don't you yeah. worry. No, awesome. So that's good. And, and that, that sounds pretty inter interesting that you're going to have more free time, to not free time, but more stable time i guess for the lack yeah. of better words here in indianapolis to kind of start spurring that on and getting the you know getting the team behind it and doing some yeah. events during the game that because i remember last year they had the crew out there uh they were filming yeah because right. i was talking to the relay for life the guy who's doing the video crew because mm -hmm. we were talking about he goes oh yeah ryan newman and i just you know he was talking about the stuff he does with him and now with you and that's that's absolutely incredible because the more message you can get out with that obviously it's it's so imperative that yeah, yeah people it's a signature folks that's all it is a piece of paper right. you sign it you're not taking the organs with you why not give somebody else a chance at life you know yeah a hundred percent and if there's anybody that's listening to this that's like on the edge or whether they were thinking about it, the one thing i always say is it's this last piece that lets you carry on a legacy right that lets you breathe life and pass on this whole you know, good fortune and, and to breathe life. 
um, as you pack. So it's that That's final right. parting gift, which I think is, is really beautiful in some ways. Now, do you guys have that in England, right, Tom? I mean, I pretty much assume you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Donor list and what have you. Yeah, exactly the same. Gotcha. We're getting a little short on time. So, Tom, I'm going to let you take the last five minutes because I have talked way too much and I could talk to Bobby for hours <laughs> about goalkeeping and philosophies. But have at it, Tom, from the, yeah, from the, just, from the British perspective. <laughs> yeah, just wondering, obviously, making the change over to, to being a coach now. Um, is there anything that you wish you could have tried like playing in a different country, a different league, or even a, a different team that, or like a team that you wish you could have played for or. Not really. No. I mean, I, I think that um, I was really blessed to have such a crazy journey um, to be on, you know, I, I played out in Northern Ireland and, and to have that experience was so amazing. Uh, and I'm still really close with everybody over there that, that, that became like a second home to me. Um, and at times, and what I kind of learned is when I was younger, I really loved structure. I really loved this is my plan. I'm going to follow this plan. This is what we're going to do. Um, but the problem with that is that plans, you know, the famous saying from one of my favorite sayings is everyone's got a plan until they're punched in the mouth from Mike Tyson. Um, <laughs> and it, it's one of those where I kind of learned very quickly that I just am going to go out and control whatever I control, whatever happens, happens. Um, and that I can't really control what my plan is, but I'm just going to let it play out because, you know, I look at all these different situations that happen throughout my career, whether it's injuries or whether it's getting dropped. You know, when I got dropped from Cincinnati and waves at the end of the year, I was like, this is terrible. This is such a bad thing to happen to me. But if that doesn't happen, then I never get picked up by India. I never have this opportunity. I don't have all these other things and sequence of events that play out. Um, so I've always tried to kind of keep that open mindset that, you know, I love where I came from. I love this journey. And then all these things that I did learn on the way on my journey, I think are going to help me in this new role that I now have. Um, so I think that that's something that I'm really fortunate. And I definitely don't have any kind of, Oh, I wish I did this. I think I was actually really fortunate to have a way different career than most people, which I think helps me. Yeah. No, absolutely. Any advice, parting words of wisdom, Bobby? Uh, well, Get your season tickets if you haven't. I'll push that plug there for the club. Um, <laughs> but on more more part of whizzing, uh, I would probably just say just be a good person. Um, you know, I, I really love soccer. I really do. Um, but one of the biggest things that sometimes I think is overlooked, especially in the youth side, is just the impact that a person can have uh, with their personality. Um, so I'm trying to be someone who obviously – uses this platform of soccer, but then spreads bigger purposes than just the ability to kick or score or save a goal. Um, so I think that if you're a good person, good things will happen to you. Uh, and that is one thing that I can only coach a little. The rest is on the person that needs to be a good person. And one last question, Ted Lasso, yes or no? Yeah. From what I've seen of it again, I haven't been able to watch the whole thing, but I've seen it. We got to get um, you caught yeah. up then. <laughs> I know I was, I'm shy here. I'm literally just, Oh, I my friends know. are saying, oh, have you seen this? Have you seen that? And I'm like, oh, I was uh, coaching. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, good but, for you, um, Bobby. No, it's it's been awesome. And, and we are so grateful for your time. We Obviously, we'd like to have you back maybe sometime during the season. Kind of a quick overview where we're at, where we're headed. Um, I'm assuming I'll see you this weekend, possibly. Yep. Um, yep. Under a parka, in a mask, and a baklava, yep. and a hoodie, and everything else we can strap on. Because... Tom, it's supposed to be 20 some odd degrees for a tournament this weekend. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so 
Uh, yeah, lots of coffee and hot chocolate running around too. But no, Bobby, we do appreciate your time. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. It was, it was a wonderful time. I don't know about you, but I sounded really good in these headphones. 